Hello and welcome to the Lava Talks podcast with Remy, Jimmy and Maya. This week we are on the budget versus brand train. So that is comparing budget creations against their brand equivalents. So in recent years, Lidl has really hit the uh, the headlines with a lot of spirits and wine awards. So they won the Icons of Whiskey Award 2020, International Spirits Challenge in 2020, and the International Wine and Spirits Challenge 2020 to 2019. Aldi has also won the Best Supermarket in the People's Choice Wine Awards. And that's all well and good, but we thought, what about the blooming beer? So we're going to give it a try and compare it to their, I don't want to say definite equivalents, but the equivalents we think they're equivalent to, in case they sue me. Before we start with that, how is everyone? Jimmy, what you been up to? Uh, <laughs> what have I been up to? The enthusiasm is seeping uh, from yeah. you. Yeah, you caught me off guard there. You don't normally ask me that. <laughs> I've got nothing prepared. No, yeah, I've been all right. I've been working my little cotton socks off recently, but on the beer front, what have we done? Well, since we last potted, we've, we've actually managed to meet up. Yes. which is always nice to have a kind of face-to-face rather than a teams-to-teams teams meeting. Had a few good beers, didn't we? We were a bit let down by the um, the Australian, not the Australian, the Austrian beer brewery not having the beer we wanted. Yeah, we had some good ones. A, f- a couple of pints of Wainwright we had were pretty tasty. Yeah, it was a bit of a shame that the Stiegel wasn't available in Austria or the Austrian bar. And also such a terrible excuse of... Well, I know it's not a terrible excuse, but it needs 30 minutes to rest. I appreciate that. But we were in there for much longer than 30 minutes. And it wasn't like they came around and said, oh, would you like to have one now? <laughs> you know, that wasn't an option at all as far as I was concerned. Mm, definitely. And then afterwards, uh, Dead Pigeon. Yeah. How did you find what yours looked pretty th- thick, whatever yours was? So I had Juice Springsteen by Alphabet Brewing, which I think are based in Manchester. It wasn't my normal cup of tea because it was very fruity, but in all fairness, it was a bit warm that day. Watching rugby, it kind of went down quite well, and it went down quite well with the sort of the hot wings I had, so it was kind of tasty. It went down better than what I was drinking. I was on my ass in watching the rugby. You may not have noticed because I think I covered it up very well, but I was basically asleep. <laughs> I mean, well, not asleep. That was, I was just like, I need a coffee. What did you have in there again? Only bloody neck oil. But they, I mean, yeah, the first pint was hard work. And then the second pint I didn't even really look at, which was ridiculous, really. But it did kind of make me feel a bit small and pathetic. It was so warm in there and they gave us so much food. That was the, that was my failing. The amount of chips. Now, I'm not one to complain about the portion of chips, but my God. So, guys, what about you two? What have you been up to? What have you been drinking? Well, we went to Yorkshire, which feels like a lifetime ago now, but I'm going to very briefly say that I had one of the best beers I've ever had. And I don't really know what it is, because when I was there, they described it as a bitter, but if you go on their website, they describe it as a ruby ale or a... Yeah, there was a bit of debate about this, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, or... or... I, I looked it up and I was like, are you sure? Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, it's different. <laughs> but, on, but in the actual place, it said bitter, and we even compared photographs to confirm. But this was in the Whitby Brewery in Whitby, which... I'm going to be honest, I'd never really heard of before. The website says ruby, yeah. Yeah, but it did say bitter when we were there, didn't it? Yeah, and having drunk it, I wouldn't say it was a ruby. So yeah, we were at the Whitby Brewery by Whitby Abbey, and yeah, I'd never really heard of it before, and the beers were fantastic. We actually tried to get a half of everything so that we could just try it, but they had run out of quite a lot. It was very, very popular. And yeah, I had the Saltwick Nab, which was just phenomenal. I had two pints of it 
And on both pints, I finished my pint before Remy, which doesn't happen very often, especially Ever. when we're drinking cask ale. <laughs> I bet he was so proud. I bet Remy was just sat there, stonk on, happiest <laughs> man in the room. It just made my holiday. The rest yeah. of the week could, could never have happened. Could, couldn't have topped it, really. Remy had the Abbey Blonde, which... Yeah, that was a cracking beer. It was kind of a classical... English or British blonde ale. I can't really speak highly enough of it. Clean, crisp, summery. It was an excellent beer. Cracking stuff. 100% recommend going there. But yeah, that kind of started our week in Yorkshire really well. And unfortunately, I don't think we hit the right pubs after that because that was definitely... You, you set the, the bar high... too high. Yeah, set the bar too high. That said, in the other pubs we did go to, I had the Osset Blonde, the Yorkshire Blonde by the Osset Brewery, which I've had before in a bottle and I wasn't that keen on it. But the cask recipe is is very good actually and and it is a, a completely different animal much smoother less sort of almost when i had it on bottle it was almost a bit too almost soury and it's not like that with the spigot on you know in yorkshire it was nice creamy light blonde cracking beer on with the beers so the point of this episode is to compare budget versions of brands we all know that these budget brand supermarkets essentially produce their version of normal branded products and they tend to style them very close to the brands but just name them something slightly different or the the styling slightly off but anyway they're, they're supposed to be you know physically they look very similar so what we've done here is we've gone to the supermarket or we've gone to little and aldi and then we've gone to uh, another supermarket and we've got the brand equivalents of the budget brands that we found in Lidl or Aldi. And we're going to do a bit of a taste test. Lidl especially bang on about how good their wine is. So A, are they doing it for beer? And B, if they're not, why the bloody hell they're not? Also, one other thing to bear in mind is that we're all trying different beers because otherwise we would be incredibly drunk. So we've each picked two kind of picks. We've tried to go at it from a couple of different angles and yeah, we're all going to try them side by side. So Jimmy, while I'm opening our beers, would you like to explain your first pairing? Yep. So I went to Aldi. You guys kind of went more down the lager route, whereas with yours. So I tried to get a couple of, and I know that's, you know, you might say wrong, but you said, I'll try and get ales. So I got one crafty what i would call a crafty ale and one traditional ale um so the crafty one it was actually audi were a bit disappointing i was kind of surprised there wasn't anything that well i know they changed the the lineup quite frequently but there wasn't anything that jumped out at me as like really obvious oh that is what they're trying to like they do one called oh what's it called their foster's ripoff and it's literally a can of fosters it's the same color it's the same color blue it's the same silver writing it's called admiral or something and they do a san miguel bottle which i had to double take i genuinely thought it was san miguel it's called san miguel or something it's <laughs> so close like it's and i saw those and it was so obvious that's what they're doing and then when i went to the kind of the ale section it wasn't quite as obvious first one i've got is buckhorn breweries stateside ipa which it says is a small batch American IPA, basically. It's five and a half percent. And I suppose one of the tricks would be, what do you think that could remind you of? If Ooh. I can show you the can on webcam. And I, I, th- I think it's a bit tenuous. Well, it's a bit. So there's two things here. The logo itself, the bird on the barrel, either looks like Miller. Maybe it looks like yeah. the draft. But the can and like the, the writing in the background is like Sierra Nevada, maybe. So... That is what I've gone with, Sierra Nevada. Nice. So uh, thank God you got me out of the 
you, you really saved my bacon there. <laughs> and out of interest, it's 5.5%. Sierra Nevada is 5.6%. They do list the hops they use. So it's Cascade, Admiral, Summit, Citra, Nelson, Savin, and Helitau Blank Hops. I mean, that is a lot of hops. That is a lot of hops. And that's they've also gone for like quite stereotypical American IPA and then randomly chucked in a yeah. German one. So that's six types of hops, which seems excessively high. But I've opened it. I've had a couple of mouthfuls. It's fairly pleasant. I won't lie. It was, I, I must admit, I've come straight from work. I've sat down. I haven't drunk anything. I'm so thirsty. So I opened it and I've like gulped half it down and just gone, my God, that's the tastiest thing on earth. But I think that's just I'm really thirsty. It's a similar color. Now I've pulled them out. Ambery color. It's got a bit more of a head on it than the um, Sierra Nevada. The one thing I will say is having now tried a bit of both sierra nevada has got a lot of a sweeter flavor to it right you know that buckhorn stateside ipa bland sounds harsh but i think forgettable is fair it's perfectly pleasant and if i gave it to you you wouldn't turn your nose up at it but you wouldn't probably be saying oh what's that have you you know it's like fine yeah how do you think it is for the price i'm not asking you to remember the exact amount but yeah i think they were like one pound 49 so or maybe even less than that it was cheap like one pound thirty, one pound forty. Yeah. Whereas a Sierra Nevada is like, what are they normally? You get like the three for seven pound or something deal, don't you? So you're not going to get it less than two quid, I don't think, really. Yeah, on their definitely. own. Yeah. The other thing is the Sierra Nevada's bottle conditioned, which this obviously isn't, and there is plenty of sediment in the bottom of the Sierra Nevada, so maybe that's a bit of a difference. I mean, I'm not saying it is Sierra Nevada. Like maybe that's not. Maybe I've completely missed the mark of who they're trying to rip off or rip-off's a bit harsh but copy but for me it was kind of the th- the thing that immediately jumped out to me was sierra nevada no definitely from looking at them they i'd i'd agree i mean i think we had a had a bit of a similar issue which is why we went for the lagers is because they were more obvious whereas there was one that remy thought was shipyard but it like wasn't obviously enough shipyard no. oh, i definitely think it's bloody shipyard i tell you that well, it's funny you mention that because my next beer. <laughs> <laughs> Remy, do you want to go next? Okay, so I have gone with Gallo from Lidl, and that is their premium lager. Oh, well, it describes itself as a premium lager and a traditional beer. The can is white with a big red label and some gold writing. Any guesses on what that's imitating? If I just show you the can on the camera, Jim. Oh, yeah, you're, you're drinking Stella. <laughs> yeah. So I believe, and I'm pretty sure this is imitating Stella. Also, it's got a sort of French or Francified name in Gallo. So, yeah, I'm trying this against the Stella. It's 4.8%. It pours a bit. Well, it looks a bit paler than the Stella. I have done some research on it, and it's actually brewed by a brewery called Brasserie Champignon, which is sort of just outside Nancy in France, towards the sort of east of France, towards Germany. And that brewery actually does it, one of its own beers. It's kind of referred to as the Big Blonde or Le Grand Blonde. It's sold in Asda, and my dad always buys it for me. And it's kind of generically palatable Eastern French lager. But it turns out that this brewery also, its main source of business is just brewing loads and loads of beer for independent distributors. And as a result, a lot of the beer, I don't know about Aldi, but it seems to brew a lot of the beers that we're going to talk about here for Lidl. So that's its provenance. So I guess at least it's got a French name and it is from France. It's very light. It's a bit sweet at the end. 
It's a lot lighter in colour, actually. I know that's yeah, not what you meant by light, but it's significantly lighter yeah, in colour than the Stella. It's, it's very light. It's a bit sweet at the end. It, there's kind of something slightly off-putting at the very... Just after it's sweet at the end, there's kind of a weird, like, slightly off-putting thing. I did have a look at what the what the internet was saying about it, and they reckoned that on Untapped it was 2.48 and Beer Advocate was 2.67. And some people refer to it as smelling off-putting smelling of ammonia and one person even wrote at least it's not carling oh really so this bit has give a gr- them a medal a great review online well uh mine is actually 3.27 on untapped which i thought was pretty good to be fair oh and mine is brewed by brains of all people oh yeah interesting for audi stores i didn't realize they would do that but you know well what what remy just said brings me nicely onto what i'm drinking so we found the Excelsior and originally thought that this was Foster's because the colouring looks mm. very similar to Foster's. It's a blue can with red, with a kind of red shield and a sword on. But on further inspection, it is a dupe for Carling. So I've definitely drawn the short straw here because not only am I drinking a can of Carling, but I'm also drinking essentially a cheap a cheaper <laughs> yeah a, a rip off who rips off carling like honestly i've poured them out in front of me and they look incredibly similar you can't tell the difference you can't tell the difference at all i'm going to be honest it's awful <laughs> i've tried <laughs> but it but is it worse than carling yeah Oof. so it has the same flat taste that carling has you know the kind of watery like where's the like, where's the flavor where's the, the fizz where's the everything yeah with the excelsior it has a very very off-putting immediate taste that i can only describe as tasting a bit like a pear Ooh. or a banana Ooh. it's got a weird fruity fruitiness start that it just shouldn't have so Whereas, yes, the carling is awful and it's just essentially water, at least it doesn't have that... Look, I'm going to have to make Remy try a bit. I was about to say, I'd like to see the beer snobs version of this. <laughs> it's a bit weird. It's weird. But it tastes fruity, that or carling. It? it does taste kind of like... You know you get a certain taste from fruit that's very different if the fruit is kind of about Gone. to go off? Yeah. yeah. Do you know, like kind of borderline rotting pears yeah that's literally that's literally what it tastes like mm. the excelsior is also brewed in this brewery in france brasserie champignons well they should be proud yeah they should be proud i couldn't find it on beer advocate but for untapped it got 2.18 that's my don't my don't forget to tag them <laughs> now my i want I'd to just, know I've, I've got you some some quotes maybe this one this from from some online sources that you'd like to read out from boozism so this is boozism which i believe is an online blog excelsior is clearly no competitor to the piss water of carling but don't let this be a deterrent add a healthy pour of vodka to the drink and this will instantly neutralize any off flavors resulting in overpowered lager perfection fetch the lady of vodka (laughs) Thank you to the people at Boozism there. Yeah. And how was the spelling? Because I imagine they were pissed when they wrote that. <laughs> the spelling's actually not too bad on that one. I, I also found some other things. Do you want to quote this drinkinglife.com? Yeah. Aroma is pretty shit. In fact, it smells a bit like shit. Had the aroma of a fart. 
Largery smell and a ve- and very metallic on the nose. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> if I'd been given this like on draft, I would return it because it I'd back. be like, it's it must be off. It's got a weird fruity taste. So do you want to just try the Galarose? Well, I was going to say because I was going to say because I had a bit of time while you guys were talking, I got to try it, but you guys haven't really given like a proper sort of taste review yeah yeah so jim do you want to sign and give us an overview of how you feel from the the stateside ipa versus the the sierra nevada i think if they are trying to rip off sierra nevada they failed yeah but maybe i've just jumped the gun and assumed they are trying to rip off sierra nevada but the fact that you said the same thing as me makes me kind of think well it was a fair enough guess mm. it says on the can the small batch sweet bitter stateside apa now sierra nevada i think is very very sweet yeah. like very sweet beer like considering it's bottle conditioned it is like really got like a sugary taste to it which actually i quite enjoy for one but i very rarely think i want to get pissed up on sierra nevada or have three or four because i think you probably would get quite tired of that it almost smells like strawberry laces mm. that kind of sweetness yeah the stateside ipa has got none of that sweetness in it it's quite bitter but not in a, again, it, it tastes, I think it actually tastes perfectly pleasant. I wouldn't write home about it. But at the same time, if I came around yours and you got it out of the fridge, I would have no problem drinking it, if you know what I mean. Mm. And if yeah. I was in Audi doing the weekly shop, I would probably get a few more cans of it. I'm not going to go looking for it, but there's nothing wrong with it. But bar the colour and the alcohol content, can't really see any kind of real similarities to the kind of the flavouring, if you know what I mean. They don't taste very similar at all. Okay, and then just for the purposes of this, because I was going to do like a kind of head-to-head, what would you prefer? No judgments. Oh, the stateside, once you, when you try it behind the Sierra Nevada, is a bit more watery. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because it's bottle-conditioned, so it makes this, the Sierra seem a little bit, not thicker, but more fuller flavoured. Yeah. If you said to me, oh, I've got this or this, I'd probably have the Sierra Nevada. If you open the fridge and said, I've got one of each... Which one do you want? Which one am I going to have? It would be the Sierra Nevada, in all honesty. But at the same time, if you're like, I've only got a fridge full of this, we're going to sit here and you've got to drink 10 or 15 of them. I would probably have the Buckhorn Brewery Stateside IPA because it's a little bit more easygoing, shall we say. Okay, that's pretty good going from Aldi there. I think that's that's very good going. I mean, also, I guess... The fact that it's brewed by Brains, you know... Mm. It's a sign of excellence. I'm I'm not saying Brains are the best brewery in the world, but they... The best brewery. The best brewery in the world. (laughs) But they know their stuff. But they do know their stuff. They have been around a long time, and they do do some fairly nice bits and bobs. Rem, do you want to give us your review? Okay. The Gallero is not a competitor. It's obviously marketed to be, but it's just not a competitor to, to Stella. The Stella, generally, I'd say it's definitely... It's more full of the body. So like we say with a lot of these kind of cheaper discount mass-produced lagers, it's quite, it's a bit watery. Um, so the Stella's generally more full-bodied. It's got a decent amount of sort of malty breadiness to it in comparison. And I'd say even the bitterness is slightly more pleasant. Now, the Gallero as well, the more I've had of it, it has actually got significantly worse. If you have it n- alongside the Stella, it is devastatingly incomparable. So as I've had more and more of the Gallero and it's developed the taste in my mouth, um, again, it's not quite as off pairy as the Excelsior, but there is definitely something weird going on in there. And the longer it's open and exposed to the atmosphere, the, the worse it, it gets. smells of ammonia. Jesus, so really? It's a very odd beer. It's not as bad as the Excelsior, I don't think. So yeah, 100% win for Stella, much more of a beer. Just to, to compare for the internet, as I said, Gallero got 2.48 on Untapped, Stella got 3.26. 
And on Beer Advocate, Gallarro got 2.67 and Dello got 3.11. There was also one particularly entertaining quote I did find about Stella. And this is actually negative about Stella, but I couldn't leave it out. Someone said, I looked at this beer. It didn't look back at me. I smelled (laughs) the beer. It did not smell me. I tasted this beer. It did not taste me. I felt this beer. It did not feel me. Overall, unsatisfying. I mean, I know we say this a lot and you tell me off, but fucking losers. <laughs> Honest to God. And if you're listening to this podcast and you fucking have the time to do that, my God. Take but, a look in the mirror. <laughs> but generally, uh, yeah, 100% behind Stella on this one. Gallero, you are subpar. Um, do you even need to say anything, Maya? I feel Maya, like this yeah, is going to be pretty one-sided. I mean, it's... Oh, I don't even know. Like I said... I feel like I've definitely got the the short straw with this one. The Excelsior is is getting worse. Similarly to what Remy said, the longer it's kind of in my cup, the the worse <laughs> it is getting. <laughs> I mean, maybe you need to phone like National Health France, whatever the equivalent is, and like report them. You know, you need to investigate this brewery. I don't know what they're putting in the beer. But it's clearly not for human consumption. I'd just like you to give this a smell, though it's been out for a little while. It's a trick. That's the carling. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't smell great. Have you got any stains on a carpet or anything? Have you tried like using it as like a stain remover? <laughs> it's making me feel a bit like sick. Like I, I don't really think I can drink any more of it. And the horrible thing is, is that I keep reaching for the carling. To, to give me something but obviously the carling is fucking disgusting as well so it's not a good one it's a lose-lose maybe mix them together so for the excelsior untapped gave it 2.18 and beer advocate didn't have a rating for the excelsior what's the lowest rating beer on untapped is that a thing can you <laughs> rate by lowest yeah i don't know yeah so the excelsior got 2.18 on untapped whereas carling on untapped got 2.59 now i would say that the excelsior should be lower and the carling should be lower there isn't a beer advocate rating here for the excelsior but carling on beer advocate got 2.31 i'd say that they are both shit (laughs) you know swimming around the the one to potentially 1.5 mark really well i mean i don't even think i think you're being too fair there i mean if it beer is undrinkable you shouldn't get you should get a zero like if you literally cannot stomach one pint slash one can or whatever it is and if it's not making you feeling well they shouldn't be fucking selling it yeah like if you went out for dinner and you bought food and you started feeling sick halfway through it you wouldn't be like yeah it was all right i mean <laughs> gave me food poisoning but i mean yeah you you'd be like they shouldn't be fucking sick. i'm not saying it's giving you food poisoning but like everyone's got personal taste but it shouldn't be if it tastes like shit <laughs> one thing i will say is they they do they do taste quite similar so if you were to get rid of the kind of like fruity excelsior thing they taste very similar remy i'd like you to try them side by side look at the grimace they do taste quite similar i'll be fair they have done a good rip-off job there the yeah. carling somehow though do you remember when we reviewed carling and it was like empty the excelsior is is like Even the, blander. Yeah, it's like the expanse of the universe. There's actually nothing there. Apart from this yeah, yeah. weird fruity taste. That's sickly. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I'm oh, gonna yeah. throw I'm gonna say that the Excelsior is the worst beer I've ever 
drank. Gallero is better than the Excelsior. Yeah, I'd say the Gallero is better than the Excelsior. It's a bit more full-bodied. I say in comparison, but really it's still pretty empty and hanging. So to sum up, halfway through, Lidl can expect a strongly worded letter from you two in the post in the next few days, or an email maybe. Let's... Whereas Aldi haven't done too bad. Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. Lidl have got two more chances to redeem themselves. Aldi have got one more chance to fuck up. And maybe Lidl need to get rid of that fucking French brewery. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Although I don't want that brewery to go downhill because the thing they do, the big blonde, I actually quite like that. Like it's not... Oh, you've had that, bro. I didn't realise you'd had it. My dad, for about two, three years, every time I went home... That's all he had. There was a there was a six-pack, at least, of Champignol Le Grand Blonde sat in the fridge. I think and where it's... was he getting it from? It's in Asda. Oh, right, okay. But it's not, in all fairness, that their actual beer, that beer... They put a bit of effort into that. Yeah, 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 they put some effort into it. It's actually not that bad. It also, I think, was a thing like in the 70s or 80s. So it's got some sort of level of provenance. Yeah. Whereas I might, I mean, I'm not saying it's the best beer in the world by any stretch, but it's a fairly palatable, generic French lager. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So Excelsior or Carlian? Carlian? Excelsior or Carling? Who wins in a head-to-head? I think they both lose. Because <laughs> they're both awful. Yeah, everyone, everyone's a loser who's drinking either. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to... There's one for the uh, Instagram followers. <laughs> I'm gonna say Excelsior loses purely because I mean you even know you even commented on it. it. It makes the Carling seem drinkable. Yeah. But it's a close fucking run thing. Like. Yeah. It, no one should be happy with that trophy. If you know yeah, what I mean. Like it's, it's not. You know... It's not good. So moving on quickly to our second choice. Um, Again, mine's from Aldi. Mine is Harper's Brewing Company American IPA. And I'll just very quickly show you the bottle, which is very, I thought, nondescript and boring. Mm. Didn't have a lot going for it. Like I said, I really did struggle. But obviously, American IPA said to me the only real choice I thought I had was Shipyard, which is what I went for. And then you look at the the Shipyard, and it very clearly says American IPA. Again, haven't really copied the picture or, or the branding apart from the american ipa both five percent and this one that's brewed by harper's brewing is actually brewed by marston's okay i haven't tried either of them yet so i'll have to come back to you about that one thing i will say the aldi version is much darker is a bit more like almost like a brown ale like it's not like look at the color on it it's oh, wow. oh that is yeah, significantly it's, different yeah, and like, look at that's the. And mm. I wouldn't associate that darkness with an American pale no, ale. No, not at all. That is, and also the head on it. When I pulled it out, quite a thick, casky head. Do you know what I mean? Feisty. It's, yeah. Whereas the the shipyard very went flat very quickly. Very light, light coloured white head. Mm. This is quite a kind of a yellow, rusky, God, thicker it's head. Dark, yeah. yeah it's you can very... really see it in the photo as well. Yeah. Hell. So I'm interested to see the taste if it works. Now it says it describes itself as a biscuit and spice balance with big hop, citrus, fruit aromas. So I mean, biscuit and spice with them citrus. I mean, they're really kind of trying to just throw the buzzwords out there. But that says to me, and I haven't tried it yet. I get that I can see biscuit and spice. I cannot see big hop citrus aromas, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. The physical bottle shape is also nearly identical as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very. It's that is the same bottle. I'd put money on that. 
That is the same bottle. They've bought that from the same bloody people. That is the same identical bottle. 100%. If maybe the shipyard one is like, no, that is the same bottle. 100%. 100% that is, if I swap the labels around, you would not tell the difference. So I think it's what they're going for. They're both 5%. Oh, and also shipyard, who's it brewed by in the UK? Masters. Masters. Yeah. yeah so I think... But then the colour difference is so extreme. Like, I suppose Marston's have gone, well, we're not just going to relabel Shipyard because otherwise people would just drink that and not buy Shipyard. Yeah. But yeah, I reckon it's going to be a very similar experience, hopefully. So I am drinking the Camaro Extra, which is clearly a rip-off of... I mean, it's either Corona or Sol. Let's... Yeah. Be fair, they're kind of interchangeable. We actually couldn't get Corona in our local shop, so I'm drinking a Sol. And I noticed that, obviously, Sol's whole thing is that they say that they're brewed with solar energy and they get everything from the sun and that's why the beer tastes so good. And on the back of the Camaro, it says, the golden colour, distinctive flavour and feeling of sunshine at the beach makes this beer the perfect companion for unforgettable evening. So the Camaro is 4.5% and the Sol is 4.2. They are incredibly similar in colour, not so similar in taste, but I think I might like the Camaro more. Oh, that's a one for the books. Yeah, so the Camaro was the most expensive of the kind of little beers, it was £4.80 for six. So you're kind of looking at a bit more normal sort of beer prices, I guess. Not Yeah, like not really any cheaper. Yeah. The Camaro is incredibly biscuity. You know what the label reminds me of? And obviously it's not based on it at all because it's a cider, but Savannah Dry. Yeah, it's got that. It's definitely got that vibe. Yeah, the Camaro, it's got more going on. So I don't mm. know I don't know if it's necessarily like true to the style if that makes sense like it doesn't taste the way that Corona and Sol do which to me is an incredibly light quite flavorless Bland. beer that you want to just drink really cold with a lime in you know it, it it doesn't taste like that to me and I and I gave a bit of it to Remy and he actually said that he thinks it tastes more similar to Stella I don't think it does taste similar to Stella because it doesn't have the the bitterness at the end but if i was to say it tastes similar to something i'd say it tastes kind of similar to some of the the german lagers that have that intense biscuity taste yeah i think it was more generically european lager style than than say south american or or, or another see, country in a this is climate. a glowing review so far i'm gonna come back to it later i need to drink a bit more this is just on kind of first taste but at the moment thumbs up yeah, at the moment, I think it's really good. Like I said, I don't think it's a good dupe for Corona or Sol, but it's quite a nice beer. I wouldn't want to put a lime in it. Yeah, it's, okay, it's fair a, enough. It's a bit too biscuity for a lime, if that makes sense. But in regards to the brewery, we couldn't find as much on this one. It's potentially the same people who've done the previous two, but... It was kind of mixed indications on the internet. So it some 
a few people, a few sites referenced that it could have been Brasserie Licorne. Again, it's in France. But I went on their website, had a bit of a delve, and actually they did a lot of their own beers and had no reference, or not that I could find, to, to brewing for other people. Then I just looked at a few other reviews and a few other blogs, and they reckon that it's probably just Champignol again. So that's what we've gone with. Remy, what are you drinking? So I have got Patronus, which is Lidl's wheat beer. Is it literally called Patronus? It's called Patronus. P-A-T-R-O-N-U-S. Oh, Patronus, not Harry Potter Patronus. Patronus, Patronus. Describe itself as a premium vice beer or wheat beer. It's 5%. Interesting thing. It claims that it's brewed in accordance with the German purity law. And as we've actually had that sort of episode lately, I'll have a look at it. It's obviously got wheat in it, so it can never be with the, the old school Bavarian law. So I suspect it's just in with the, the latest German purity law. So, you know, the one we mentioned where basically everyone gets an exception if they apply for it correctly or that they allow wheat to be brewed in. Yeah. But it gives very little detail. Uh, it tries to make itself look as traditional as possible. So it's got a little m- monkish Monk on it. type character on it. Describes itself as Naturrube. Naturrube? Naturrube? Which I believe is like a... A phrase used in German for it's like got cloudy or it's thick, it's got bits in it. Basically, it's written in German that it's premium quality. So if you look at it, if you compare that to the Franciscana Weiss beer, it's quite clearly a dodgy ripoff. Yeah, but the one thing I will say, I actually think the bottle on the old Patronus is a nicer looking bottle. Like if you said to me and I didn't know, I would say that is the more premium. I know, I suppose the thing is, if you write premium all over your product, it's a bit of a giveaway. It's not premium. Yeah. But I think it's a nicer looking design. It's not bad, in all fairness. I don't necessarily think it's bad. It's a bit confusing as to who brew who brew it. So it's under the Pearl and Backer label that Little have got, and and Pearl and Backer's like a, a pills or lager that Little do. And again, when I looked on the internet, it suggested that was brewed by Champignol. But this claims to be brewed in Germany, so I don't really know what's going on. In all fairness, on the bottle it says it's produced in Germany as opposed to brewed. So it could be that it's maybe it's like shipped there for brew it, um, for bottling or something like that. So it's slightly lighter than the Franciscana. I've had a fair few wheat beers in my time, uh, and it's definitely not the worst. It's definitely wheaty. You get all the banana esters, but it's just a bit lighter than maybe some of the other ones I've had. It's definitely not unpleasant. So the Franciscana, I think, is better, but not by a huge margin. It's not like the Gallero that I had compared to the Stella. The Patronus, I'd say, is slightly more sour and a bit lighter. But it's, it's definitely a decent shout. I actually think it's not a bad go. I've had the non-alcoholic one before as well that I used to have on Fridays when I finished work on my like last meeting with my team because I'm really Well, cool. you had a non-alcoholic Lidl beer. Oh, wait. No, it wasn't my last meeting. It was when we first went into lockdown. I had a non-alcoholic beer for my last hour of work on a Friday because that made me feel really wild and like I was really breaking rules and breaking down barriers. You really know how to live. Anyway, uh, I actually think it's a good shout. I do think the Franciscana's better because it's a bit more full-bodied and I generally like things to be a bit more full-bodied, but it's not a bad shout. It's just a bit light, really, I'd say. So, Jimmy, what's your thoughts taste comparison-wise? Do you know... They don't taste anything alike. (laughs) So, again, if they were trying to rip off Shipyard, which I believe they were, they haven't. The Aldi version, if I saw that, I would call it like a brown ale or something. It it is a bit spicy. It is quite biscuity. Very malty. Is it a bit sweet like a brown ale can be? No, it's not that sweet. But then when you have the Shipyard... Now, the one thing I will say, the Shipyard's been in the... freezer because i only got it on the way home so it's been kind of chilling for an hour 
whereas the Harpers, which is the other the hourly version, I've had on the table. So that is kind of a bit more like what I would call cellar temp, whereas this is kind of chilled. The shipyard is chilled. So there's a bit of a temperature difference, but the shipyard does taste a bit empty in comparison. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean I prefer the Audi version. It just means it's a very different taste experience. The shipyard is a lot lighter, a lot fizzier as well. The, the Harpers is basically completely flat, like a, like it's come out of a cask. Like there's very little, there's no head on it. Whereas a bit like we were saying earlier, Rem, the shipyard doesn't really know if it wants to be out of a cask or out of a, a tap. You know, it doesn't really know what it wants to be. You know, is it is it a crafty ale or is it a traditional cask ale i don't know because it seems too fizzy to be cask and it doesn't to be fair it doesn't come out of cask but i think it kind of portrays itself as a bit of a cask ale interestingly i've drunk a lot more of the alley version than the shipyard but i think that's just because it's because it's a bit flatter it's going down a bit easier do you want me to call it a dead heat I think, it, again, it depends on the situation. I think, Rem, you would prefer the Audi version to the shipyard. Okay. That one is a bit... Um, There's a lot going on in it, and not everything works. It's 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 a bit much. Whereas I think, Rem, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's quite interesting. Whereas, yeah, I'm on the fence. Because I think the shipyard, you kind of know what you're getting. You're like, you, have, you know, you can have a few pints of it, and like, yeah, like Remy said, if you're on your way to fucking Malaga or something at 6 a.m. in the morning, it's a safe bet, isn't it? <laughs> It's not going to take you off the, the tracks. You know, you can have a couple of pints and still feel fine. That's me every summer, my way to Malaga. Pine, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pine a shipyard in hand. Just to get burnt. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So what about if I put it down as kind of advantage to shipyard, but situational? Personally, I would I would probably go for the shipyard. But that, okay, let's call it shipyard. But let's call shipyard. Call it the shipyard. Okay, cool. Cool. Maya, let's talk to me about Camaro versus Sol. So, Sol is actually a beer that I like a lot. I regularly order it because it's tasteless and um, I like that. (laughs) So, I was fully going into this expecting there to essentially be no competition. It's really hard because similarly to what Jim's saying there, I mean, I think they're definitely more similar than what you've been drinking, Jim, but they're they're actually not that similar. There's definitely more going on in the Camaro. Wow, that's interesting. It's a more interesting beer to drink. You know, if you you were to put them both in front of me, I think I'd be able to tell that the Sol was like, not necessarily that it was Sol, but that it was, you know, a Corona, a Sol, that type of thing. I don't think I'd know that the Camaro was trying to be that beer. So in that way, I think it's a bad imitation but I think it's a better beer. It's. It, yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it. It tastes a bit like the um, the Munich Gold that we had in the Reinheitsgebot episode. It has that really kind of like biscuity. I, like. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a bit weird because it's, that's quite a big shout. But <laughs> yeah, if it's true, then great. Try it. I think what's confusing is that it definitely in the advertising, the way it physically looks, it's definitely saying I'm this is light, Mexican or South yeah, American South kind American of beer. Yeah, it uh, doesn't taste like that at all. At the very much, you know, uh, it's got a cactus on it, so maybe someone could say it's from the southern United States. But it's definitely going for that, and it describes itself as cerveza extra. Which is literally what Corona advertises itself, Yeah, and I think. What, do you know what that means? Does anyone know what that means? No, I don't know. speak any Spanish. Try a bit no of it and you'll see what I mean. It tastes way more European than American than anything, or yeah. South or Central American style lager. Do, do you know what Cerveza 
extra means? Absolutely not. So... Flavor. Extra. <laughs> It's hard because I'm finding it quite hard to compare them because I do really like salt and I do really like those kind of South American lagers. I enjoy them apart from Desperados, which... Obviously, goes without saying. Yeah, it's horrible. You're not a chav. Yeah. (laughs) So I think if you were looking for, you know, a light lager to put a lime in and drink freezing cold and sit in the sun, I'd pick the salt because that tastes more like that. Because that's what it's there for. Yeah. But if you were to put them both in front of me and say, which beer do you prefer? I'd pick the Camaro. It's a nicer beer. It's got more going on. It's, but if we're kind of looking at reviews, so Untapped gives it 2.78 and Beer Advocate gives it also a 2.78, which is, I don't think we've ever seen before, whether they're exactly the same. Whereas for Sol, Untapped gives it a 2.9 which is obviously better, but Beer Advocate gives it a 2.46. So Beer Advocate also rates this beer higher than a Sol. That's interesting. And one review said, a cut price Corona alternative, which is probably better than the beer it tries to imitate. So I think it's not just me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a turn up for the book, so to speak, isn't it really? that? And again, interesting that they haven't really hit the nail on the head. Yeah. But that doesn't really matter and i suppose maybe it comes back to should they be trying to imitate beers or should they just do their own thing and the one thing i maybe i said it earlier that Audi didn't have as many imitation beers as i thought they would or not Mm. like craft ales or even traditional ales maybe they've kind of moving away from it slightly and thinking well actually we should you know we will just make our own beer and make good beer yeah like i think if this wasn't branded in the you know, it's got a cactus on the front. It's got a similar font. It's in, you know, the same sort of bottle. I think if this wasn't branded like like that and it was branded, you know, in a brown bottle like a German lager. And, and I'm not even saying copying one of those yeah. types. Just, just, just doing your own beer. Yeah, just doing your own beer and just being more true to kind of like what the beer is. You know, it's it's not like I'm not sat here saying it's the best beer I've ever had and that, you know, everyone needs to go out and try Camaro, but it's good and it's very, very easily drinkable. So, yeah, I'm going to pick the the Camaro over the Sol. Our first victory for the budgets. Yeah. But again, just touching <clears throat> on what Jim said, it's a shit copy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, they haven't they haven't copied the formula. Yeah. They've copied Apart, the They've basically copied the branding and the marketing. So I guess it's on to me in this patronus versus franciscana debate as i said i don't want to slate patronus i I really don't because i actually don't think it's too bad perfectly palatable if you like wheat beer it's probably a bit light and a touch sour but i mean it's not certainly not the worst wheat beer i've ever had in my life untapped reckons 3.14 beer advocate reckons 3.51 which i think is the best rated out of these budget beers that we've had on this episode and it was generally well received online some people said it was a bit too sweet i actually not so sure it's too sweet i think it's just touched too sour at the very the very back and it it's just feels a bit too light with generally with wheat beers you get that you do get level of i don't, know, I don't want to say viscosity but we're going to go with it to them whereas the franciscano is 3.71 on untapped and beer advocate 4.07 i'm going to say yes the franciscano is better but I don't want to shit on the Patronus. I, I don't think it's terrible. I actually think on a pretty hot day, because it is a bit more sour as well, and a bit lighter, it'd probably be quite nice. 
if you like things like that. What about after a team sport? After a team sport. The rule should be you have to say that every I'm, episode. I'm still going with the Francis Gala. Okay. I'll be honest. Because it's a bit less... Really? Uh, I don't know, actually. That's a good point. After a team sport, maybe the Patronus, you know? Fuck it. So, I'm going to say a win for the Francis Gala. But uh, honourable mention to the Patronus. Definitely deserves more height than maybe some of the other copies we've seen. Such as the Galero and the Excelsior. So, to kind of do a little bit of, not a roundup, but if we were to rate the six budget beers we've drunk today, maybe let's look at them not as copies, but just as beers in their own right. Because, you know, Jim, you had a similar situation as me where they're not necessarily a good copy. How do you think it would go? I mean, I'm going to put it out there and say Excelsior would be the bottom. And then I think the Gallero because they were bad and neither of yours Jim have seemed bad yeah I quite liked the stateside IPA the American IPA the the second one the the shipyard ripoff was fine but it's a bit heavy going it's to be honest I think it's not really what I thought I'd signed up mm. for and may, maybe that's bit part of, a shock. of the problem it's a bit yeah it's a bit darker it's a bit heavier it is quite not nutty but you know it's a bit it is quite a dark ale, a bit like a hobgoblin. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's disgusting. That's kind of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's not like Nuki Brown, but it is is a brown e colour chestnutty ale. So I'm not I'm not loving it because it's So maybe we'll put that one just above the Gallero then. So we're going Excelsior, Gallero, the American pale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that's And fair. so then so... we've got the Patronus, the Camaro and the buckthorn was it yeah Yeah. so out of those three obviously it's hard because none of us have drunk them so (laughs) we don't know yeah well you two i I would say by the sound of it you're you're being maya the camaro i think that should go top just because you've kind of i've picked it it above the actual pretty positive yeah you've given it a pretty positive thumbs up whereas i think and then i think probably the buckhorn and then the patronus maybe i don't know just because remy's review is like it's fine but it's not Great. Whereas actually, I think the Buckhorn is a bad imitation of the Sierra Nevada, but it's actually quite a good beer. Yeah. So we go Camaro, Buckhorn, Patronus, the American Pale Ale, IPA. yeah, the American IPA, Gallero, and then Excelsior. I'm going to be honest. I think Excelsior is in a bit of a different league. Undrinkable. It's un- It's actually. I had to pour it down the sink. It's actually undrinkable. I'd say the Gallero and the Excelsior. Are both in different league. I do think the Galero is better than the Excelsior, yeah. but I think they're in the same bracket. Yeah, uh, definitely. Whereas the others, you know, if you if you look at the one above the Galero as the the American IPA that Jim drank, he definitely wasn't grimacing through it in the way that we had to with with the other two. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was perfectly pleasant, but it wasn't kind of what I wanted, and it wasn't what I signed up for. You know, but there was nothing really wrong with it as a beer. Yeah, I mean, I felt like I had to really battle through the Galero, I'll be honest. Struggle, yeah. yeah. And I couldn't, I, I literally couldn't with the Excelsior. Okay, so we've, we've learned some interesting things along the way. And our champion of the budget versus brand is actually the Camaro from Lidl. Even though its advertising makes it very much look like a Sol or Corona, Corona. it doesn't actually taste like that. But yeah. at the same time... They've marketed it like that. It tastes like a relatively good beer. So that is our champion of the day. Our biggest loser is definitely the Excelsior, which looks like a Foster's, but is definitely marketed at Carling and tastes terrible. 
So I've had the top and bottom of the week. <laughs> Sounds a bit rude. Do you wish you'd drunk them the other way around? No, because no. I'm glad to have gotten that Excelsior away from me. So I kind of think the moral for the story is, like, don't be afraid to buy the beer from Lidl and Audi. But in the same breath, don't be surprised <laughs> if it tastes like shit. You might get lucky, you might get unlucky. Yeah, I think there's probably some hidden gems knocking about. Like the Patronus, I genuinely don't think is that bad. And, and I would say the same thing about yeah, that. Yeah, you just got to be ready to take a bit of a slap in the face. You, you've got to wade through the yeah. weeds. Yeah. I would say there's generally, and actually the Camaro flies in the face of this though, but in our wider experience of everything we've bought, anything in a multi-pack yeah. bad. is bad. Anything you get single yeah. Mine were both is singles. doable. But I do think, obviously, the Camaro's in a multi-pack, but it was a lot more expensive. My other moral of the story is everyone probably gives enough money to fucking Aldi and Liddy. Uh, Aldi and Liddy. <laughs> they sisters. So keep, yeah, keep buying your beer from actual independent breweries. Yeah. Not yeah, I, supermarkets, if you can. 100%. I mean, I know a lot of the beers we compared these two today aren't little quaint independents, independent small but breweries. That, that wasn't what it was about. They obviously marketed at a certain thing. Um, yeah, I think, if anything, this is another terrible advert for low-cost, low-care, mass-produced crap brewing. Yeah, because, like, to be yeah. honest, of the four beers I've drunk today, none of them are like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I think, in a way, we've been too kind to the Camaro, because it is nice. But it's not special. And maybe I'd buy it again, but I'm not going to, like, go... But only if you were in the yeah. doing your weekly shop, you wouldn't be like oh, the guys are coming over this weekend or the girls coming over this weekend. I'm going to go to Lidl and get loads of this shit in because I like it. Like, yeah, I completely get me. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's the best of a bad bunch, really. So, yeah. That's what we should have called this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) On on another note, but but related, given the past 10 years and the the way that the beer market's like rocketed, especially with like the craft brewing and the way that now beer isn't just seen as sort of any old crap you get out of a keg, why does it feel... And it's slightly different with Aldi because they look like they've kind of cottoned on a bit. And I know Little have done a few, but generally our experience has been negative. Maybe they spent all that time really focusing on their wine range that has been perceived as a premium premium product for so long. And beer, it still feels like they're really lagging behind. I don't know, but at the same time, I will guarantee you that it comes down to money. And the fact that they've gone and gone, look, we can go to this vineyard in france which is struggling like fuck for some reason we can basically say we'll buy all your grapes or whatever it is but we want them at 50 percent of what you'd normally sell them for or 40 percent and we can knock out bottles of half decent wine for eight pound fifty six pound fifty which is three or four quid cheaper than the next competitor and we're only paying two pound fifty a bottle so whatever it is you know each bottle we're making four quid the difference is with beer like you said, a lot of the beer, not all of it, it's in singles. Like those IPAs, those the beers I had were in singles. So best will in the world, if they're 139 each, it's still costing them 30, 40 P to make a can or whatever it is or a bottle. I, I, you know, I don't know the, the economics of it, but they can make five quid off a bottle of wine. They can make 30 P off a can of beer. So there just isn't, and I know you drink more beer than wine, 
but I think as an investment, if you know, if you had a, if you just had a lump of money to spend, the thing to spend it on is probably something like spirits and wine, where your return is a lot higher from the beginning. I think, and I don't know whether this is to do with marketing or word of mouth, but Lidl and Aldi, both of them have definitely managed to make their wine kind of like the forefront of their repertoire. So, for an example, my grandparents shop at Sainsbury's. They do their food shop at Sainsbury's every week. They have done for my whole lifetime and I imagine for longer before that. But they go to Aldi now to buy their wine. And my grandpa yeah. says that, you know, one of his mates down the golf course said, oh, I've tried this Aldi wine and it was really good and it was, you know, half the price. And my grandpa went, he liked the wine. And so now he's going back for the wine. He doesn't buy a single piece of food, anything else. He just goes for the wine. Now, I'm not saying that every consumer is like that because I highly doubt it. But I think beer hasn't taken off in the budget supermarkets in the same way. And I think it's because of this shit. You know, you look at it and you think, oh, it must all be like that. And like, for example, in our Lidl, when you're walking down the booze aisle, you're greeted by the piles and piles of Excelsior, the Gallero, the Perlenbacher their pretend John Smiths and all of that. And then in the far corner is where they've kind of got all the single cans. So if you've looked at all of that first, you know, you'd probably be like, oh, I'm not going to bother looking at the beer. But there's also a social element of if you buy a bottle of, if you have people over for dinner and people go, oh, this wine's really nice. You go, oh, yes, it's from Aldi or Lidl. It's eight pound a bottle. Everyone goes, oh my God, well done, congratulations. <laughs> if you have people over dinner and you get beer out and people go, oh, I haven't seen this beer before, you go, yeah, it's from Lidl, it's one pound twenty nine can. People go, oh, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> um, you know, it's that kind of yeah. cheap is all right. Like people think if you get cheap wine and it's nice, you're a genius. Yeah. If you get cheap beer, it's like, oh, why, aren't you, why aren't you getting proper beer? Beer is cheaper anyway. So it's like not yeah. a, a thing. and. It's, yeah, you don't need to be And thrifty. I also think it is kind of better hidden with the wine. So if you look at the wine bottles, you know, the labels are just as kind of good. They don't say Lidl all over them. You know, you could yeah. really easily hide that it's a Lidl or an Aldi product, whereas I think that's harder with the beers. A lot of those wine bottles don't have the full Appalachian controller as well. Mm. But they, they, as you say, they hide it. I think there also might be on, on the wine front, the... This might sound a bit ridiculous, but Aldi and Lidl, by focusing on their wines, I think it's been a concerted effort to give themselves a veneer of respectability mm. because there is this Absolutely. social assumption that if you like wine, you must be, for some reason, sophisticated, which doesn't really rhyme true with me, but I think part of it's that. And then also, I guess, the other point is that over the past 10 years, where beer has got bigger take up more of the market space or it's taking up more of the publicity of the market space the vast majority of the brewers are obviously going to have no fucking interest in going with little Aldi because their whole point is to be small or maybe not small scale but yeah. close to the consumer and this is probably or independent yeah this is the antithesis of what they're about and so the only people that little and Aldi can sort of hook up into a deal are people who are like we don't really care We'll just pump it out in volume. Or they're struggling. Yeah, yeah, or they are really struggling. And it, it might, that might be the case and they have no choice, in which case I don't really blame them. I mean, God forbid, if we'd sat here and gone, do you know what, I'd rather have the knockoff than the than the proper one on every single one. Or if you'd sat there and gone, I can't taste the difference. Yeah. Then you, we, we should be really worried. Well, not really worried because ultimately it's only beer. But do you know what I mean? Like if, you, if someone's mastered the formula and gone, well, I can make Sierra Nevada in England for fucking 30p 
rather than whatever they charge and then you've got to ship it across the world obviously in a in a, in a way it's great because it's it's better for the environment if you're not shipping it across the world if you're brewing it locally whatever but in the same breath that's no good for a brewery on the other side of the planet when little are now selling a rip off of your beer for half the price that you can get it because you just can't compete with that mm. is the reality i think it's probably a good thing like you say that they haven't really mastered it and i kind of hope they don't master yeah, it. i mean as you say with our listenership if if we'd have said <laughs> that they were better or same i mean no one would those three listeners would have yeah, been pissed. Like no one would have bought a can of cloud water again the way yeah. it is Thank you so much for joining us for this episode all about budget versus brand beers. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow us over on Instagram where our handle is at Podcast. Hope you can join again soon. Bye. Bye. Love you lots. Bye.